Good morning. Please join me in the prayer for elimination. Let us pray. God, you know us better than we know ourselves. As the scriptures are read, we listen for your voice. By your spirit, lead us out of our fears and into the knowledge of your love. Through Jesus Christ, amen. This morning's scriptures, scripture is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, and we'll be using the new, new revised standard version. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. So it didn't always used to be like this for me. You know, um, liking church, I guess. Oftentimes in our journey, um, if you're maybe like me or maybe not, I'm not sure, we, we are moved from like not wanting to go to church to all of a sudden we like, we love the gathered community of God. And I'm not sure exactly where that switch and transition was for me because I remember being that kid like, my mom would not let me miss a Sunday, right? Any folks like that? Just me? Okay, a few others, right? And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd hear her out in the hallway outside my room, and I'd be like, I'm asleep, I'm asleep, I'm asleep, right? And she'd come in, and I'd be like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel well. <laughs> and she'd be like, too bad, you aren't throwing up, you aren't bleeding, you aren't dying, you're going. And so that was sort of like uh, the rhythm of my household as a young person. And, I'd, you know, I was like, this is silly, I don't like it, I don't like it. Uh, and I don't know, somewhere along the way, God got a hold of my heart. And God began to, to shift and change and, and work in my life in a way that transformed me and shaped and formed the community I was a part of as well. Because when I was uh, growing up, I asked this kind of question, like, what is church to me? Uh, when I was growing up, it was a part of my life. It was everything that we just did. Uh, church, I found, I found my community at church. It was a place where I, I belonged and I, and I plugged in. It was a place where, where really I found my calling. I come most alive when I'm with the community of God. It's a place where I found my calling. It's a place where I can use my gifts and graces. Some of you used your gifts and graces of teaching, of patience with the young people this week. Some of you use your gifts and graces with administration by serving on committees that I have no desire to serve on. Thank you for your gifts and graces because they are not my gifts and graces. Some of you use your gifts and graces by, by leading music, and thank you for that because I just try and I'm not nearly as good as others. Church is a place where we use our gifts and graces. It is a part of the community that shapes and forms who we are. I remember being shaped and formed by the conversations from the pulpit, by conversations by loving and caring mentors and Sunday school teachers. I would not be the person I am today if it was not for the people who invested in me as a young person. 
if it wasn't for the people who invested in me at college, if it wasn't for the people who invested in me after I was done with my education. The community of God is a place that mentors, guides, and shapes young minds. And that is a powerful thing that the community does. And so what is church for you? For some of you, you might have a very similar journey, right? You're like, I don't want to go to church at all. It's very, very silly. <laughs> I don't understand those people. Uh, not me. <laughs> I'm sick. I can't go today. I'm going to stay home and watch the football game, right? We've all been there. It's okay. No shame in that game. What is the purpose of church? For some of you, for others, you, you still don't like it. You aren't quite sure how you got here, right? Some of you are like, I was sleeping, and then I had breakfast, and then all of a sudden my spouse drug me here, and so I'm here. I hope you're happy, preacher, right? So I'm happy you're here. I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, we are shaped and formed by how we are here. Still others gather out of a sense of duty or obligation, right? It's just the right thing to do, so I go to church. But I want to encourage us that, that the gospel of Christ and that church is, is so much more than just an obligation or a duty. That there is great power in the kingdom of God, and there is great power in why we gather as a people. So we heard a little bit this morning about the Great Commission from that text in Matthew 28. It's a fascinating block of text, and there are a lot of things about this verse that we should stop and take notice about. The first thing that we should notice about the Great Commission is that none of us would be here if it wasn't for that verse, <laughs> right? It's kind of an interesting thing to note. We are here in these pews today because of the Great Commission, and you could argue really for no other reason. We're here to go and make disciples, and so people listened to Jesus and said, we should probably go, and we should probably make disciples. And that's why Chapel United Methodist Church is here in Lake Jackson today. That's why you are in the pews. That's why I am here, because someone listened to the Great Commission. It's interesting to know we are here because of that verse. Second, and I love this, this is a little throwaway in the verse. It says, when they saw him, some worshipped him, yet others doubted. That's very fascinating to me. I don't know what that looks like, right? Jesus uh, is risen from the grave, and these people who've walked with Jesus day in and day out, they see him, and then some worship him, I don't know what that looks like, right? Did they pull out the organ and start singing hymns? Did they do like a hymn sing? Did they do like contemporary band music? I don't know. What, what does it mean to worship Jesus in that moment? And then I love that some of them doubted, right? Some of them are like, I don't buy it. <laughs> I, I don't think, no, I'm seeing things. Like it's fascinating that there's still doubt and they're face to face with the evidence of Jesus being resurrected from the grave and they go, yeah, I don't think so, right? And it's, just, it's fascinating that you have this sort of reaction to Jesus. They worshiped him, yet some doubted. And I wonder if some of those were the same, right? I'll worship him, but man, I still got my doubts, right? I can't fault those folks. I might be in that camp. It's very interesting. I'm not going to go into those. I could write whole sermons on those things, but we'll move on. The third, this is where I want to spend the bulk of our time, is that Jesus is setting something up in the Great Commission, he is building something. He has been building something since the incarnation. He's been building something day in and day out in his ministry as he walks, as he heals, as he teaches, as he exercises demons, as blind people see brand new, all anew. Jesus is building something, and it culminates in this moment. He is building something. He says, go and baptize. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded. 
Now, this commanded language, I was, I was sort of like, I don't like this word. Let's see if I can find a different word here. Uh, but the Greek really means said to do. Teach them all that I have told you to do. Like a parent to a child or a teacher to a student or a master to an apprentice. Jesus is saying, you, are, you have apprenticed with me. You have walked with me for so long. Now go and do likewise. Jesus, in this moment, sets up one of our sacraments. Go and baptize. And it is also, he says, do all that I have commanded you to do. Well, what else has Jesus commanded us to do? As we gather, to remember him. By taking the bread, by taking the cup. The sacraments that are instituted by Christ are a part of the community. It is what we do. It it defines us. It is who we are. It marks our lives. We are people who gather for sacrament. We are people who gather to remember what Christ has done and to remember what God is still doing in our midst. It's in baptism that we broaden the family It's no longer me and my wife and my two noisy kids, right? That's not it anymore. Y'all are a part of my family in baptism. We are responsible to one another. You are my brother and you are my sister in baptism. And when we gather at the table, we're saying this is the radical grace of God. Everybody is allowed a place at the table. You don't have to have a reservation. You can come as you are and you can remember that God loves you. That is why we gather as a community. We are people formed and shaped by the sacrament. And we are people who are to gather to proclaim loudly against the rally cry of despair in the world. We are to proclaim hope above all else. To proclaim hope that God is still active, alive, and moving that God loves you, that Jesus died for you, that the Holy Spirit is alive and well and moving in us, shaping us, informing us to action. We are to be people who are marked by sacrament and people who proclaim hope against a world that is full of despair. Very different. And so I'm wondering what Jesus taught as I look back over his life. What should the church be marked with today and what should we be known for? I think, and if you read uh, Dr. Wright's book, Surprised by Hope, which is a series uh, sort of based off of, you will encounter a couple things. The first is that the community should be marked by justice. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus proclaims that he has come to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to heal the sick, and to give sight to the blind. This is the kind of justice and rallying cry of Jesus, his message. And then Amos chapter 5, a little bit Old Testament here, it says, Let justice roll on like a river, and righteousness like a never-ending flood. We're to be people who echo and shout from the highest places, God is a God of justice. Second is we are to be a people in a community that is marked by our aesthetic. This is really interesting. Marked by people who admire beauty. God is the creator of all things. God creates beautiful flowers and majestic trees and mountains and is a master painter of sunsets. God loves beautiful things. 
God made all things. God made all of us, and you are all beautiful. We're to be a community that echoes that beauty. Hear these words out of Philippians chapter 4, sorry, Ephesians 2, that we are Christ's handiwork, created to do great and beautiful things. And Paul in Philippians 4 says, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, admirable, whatever is lovely, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy, think about these things. We're to be people who paint, people who sculpt, people who engage in beautiful conversation, and that shapes and forms who we are. Those are my children. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It is beautiful to hear the sound of children in, in the congregation because the alternative isn't that pleasant. And so it's a sound of growth. It really is. The third thing that we should be marked by as the community is that we should be marked by evangelism. And I'm going to start preaching, y'all, if I haven't already. Is that we have good news. We have a gospel to preach, and we have good news to proclaim. Children have a seat at the table. All are welcome. It doesn't matter what you've done or who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank or how much you don't have in the bank. It doesn't matter if you're an intellectual or maybe you aren't the sharpest knife in the drawer and you know it. Everybody is welcome, and that is radical news. It is not a country club. You do not have to have a membership number. All are welcome through the doors of God's community because we believe that we have a radical message that will shape and form us into beautiful, beautiful people that God has created us to be. And that is profound news in a world that says it doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter how much education you have. We say those things do not matter. All are welcome here because God welcomes all. The gospel, this good news is for everyone. It's to shape who we are as a community. Christ died to forgive us from the ways that we've messed up. Christ came down to show us a greater way still, one that is marked by faith, hope, and love. So may we be a community that is marked and shaped by faith, hope, and love as we welcome all. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.